Hi, this is Jackie Frender of the Maiden Voyage podcast, and I am so excited to introduce you into an interview that we did last week with the one and only Anise Cavanaugh. You may remember her from our season one interview with her on her book, Contagious Culture, and she's back and better than ever with her second book, Contagious You. Everybody has to go get this book. It's about upping your influence as a leader, as a human, and bringing that amazing, contagious you, your true self, to every interaction that you have, and specifically more so in a leadership setting. We had a wonderful interview with Anise about this new book. We laughed. We got some great tips. We even got some ways to like not use the book. Um, I shared an experience with her that she was like, no, 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 you're doing it wrong. So I would definitely take a full listen through to this fantastic interview we did with our dear friend, Denise. Go get the book. You can get it on Amazon. We're going to link you out to everywhere that you can get this book. It goes on sale um, tomorrow, 11.15. And then once you read the book, go back and review it. I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to put it down. I'm so excited for you to begin your journey with Anise. And please enjoy our interviews, our interview. Maiden Voyage is a podcast recorded by the women of Impulse Creative. We are CEOs, salespeople, project managers, writers, and marketers. We're also wives, rad moms, remote employees all over the country, in-house staff, empowered single ladies, and all-around ass-kickers. There's a lot of challenges we face, overcome, and share that make our voyage different than those of the men we work with. This is our journey. Hey there, this is Jackie of Maiden Voyage Podcast, and you're listening to a very special episode. This is not related to a season. This is related to our dear friend, Anise Cavanaugh, and we are so excited to have her here today to talk about her new book that is coming out called Contagious You. And my very first question, Anise, because I'm so excited to have you here, you know we are like low-key, not really low-key, even obsessed with you. Is this a sequel or is this a supplementary book? Like, how do we attack the contagious culture? (laughs) Like, how do I come at this? Oh, I love it so much. Okay, so I love such a good question. Okay, it's not a sequel and it's not, what did you call it? A sequel or a, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't even uh, know. But I, I like a partnership. Is it like what am I doing they're, here? They're BFFs. They're BFFs. Yeah. So these are BFFs. Um, okay. So this is the deal. I wrote Contagious Culture <laughs> in 2015. We've talked about this one. Yes. I wrote this in 2015. The whole thing was around how do you design a super thriving organizational culture. And the big surprise about that book was that, oh, we're all the culture. Every single one of us is the culture. So in the back, in that book, I introduced the IEP method. I introduced your intentional under the presence, this right. whole idea of showing up, like all those pieces. So that was about four years ago. And since then, I've been in many rooms and I've gotten so many great questions from people around, how do I deepen my IEP practice? How, what do I do about that guy who, or that gal who's not showing up well? I'm doing everything I can and they're sucking the life out of me. How do I actually, um, oh my gosh, so many different things. Like, what is the science behind showing up? Like, all these different pieces. And so, as I was listening to these questions, every answer, no matter what industry or what level of leadership the person was at, every single answer always came back to the contagious you. And so, when it was time to write the next book, there was two different books I wanted to write. And this one, Contagious You, kept coming up as like, this is the time to do it. Yeah. So, the way that I've written them is that they're 
BFFs. They can they play really, really beautifully together. They also stand beautifully alone. So you can read Contagious You and not read Contagious Culture. You can read Contagious Culture and not read Contagious You. However, if you put them together, they support each other in ways that gives it even more of a complete picture and really takes you deeper with Contagious You. So I feel like you like bubbled up Contagious Culture into Contagious You. Yeah, like that all like bubbling up as we talked about that last time for those listeners yeah. who are joining us and go back and watch that last uh, podcast we did. But like the mm-hmm. idea of like making yourself and your safe space to be a better person in your company is like, is that kind of a, a big backbone in the book? Contagious yeah. You? yeah, for sure. So for sure. So the thing with Contagious You is that it's definitely more focused on the personal leadership side. It's definitely more focused on, all right, what do I need to do to take care of myself to bubble up even more effectively, to have an even stronger intentional energetic presence? And then also, how do I navigate that lowest vibration in the room or in the organization or whatever? How do I navigate that guy or that gal? Remember, I call them George and Georgette or G, because I'm trying to be really, really fair to everyone. George, Georgette, G. Um and how do I navigate that person? And the thing is, is that a big part of the book, there's an entire entire chapter devoted to navigating that guy or that gal. Um, and the whole thing is, is to not make them wrong, but to actually understand them and to also get that we also are all that guy and that gal. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm that gal every single day. I, I have a, I have a Georgette moment or 10. So it's, it's really giving people a space to start looking at, all right, what's actually happening when that, when the lowest vibration is um, taking over, how do I uh, protect myself and the stronger my IEP and my bubble is, the easier that's going to be. And then how do I not make George wrong, but actually lead in a way and show up in a way that invites him or her to step up and join me and actually helps them grow in their own leadership. And so it's just a very, um, the entire book's got, like I put an entire chapter in there, ladies, about assessments. So chapter two is all about awareness and assessment. So there's seven different assessments looking at what is the cost of contagiousness? What is the cost of negative energy? What is your intentional energetic presence? Like all these different pieces. Um, there's the contagion factor formula. I have figured out after 20 years of doing this work, I started to figure out like, okay, wait, there's actually a formula. And some of you saw that at inbound. Yeah. Inbound, we're all, one, two, three. Uh, we're all, Jen and I were there. And then you were there. Yeah. Okay. So I talked about that at inbound. Um, there's, uh, yeah, there's just, there's a ton of extra stuff now that takes the person in, but it really is underlining and triple underlining that we are the culture. It starts with me. I only have control of myself. I have zero control externally. And so now how do I want to step in and become even more of myself and even more of my contagious too, because the better I am here, the more I can intentionally infect everybody around me and not be infected by things I don't want to be infected by. I'd love to dig into the contagious factor formula. Um, and just maybe you can give it a little bit extra tidbits about that. But I want to ask before that you were talking about, and I think this is in your book, the OPPPE. Is that <laughs> like, cause like I would love to know how to navigate other people's shit. Like, I don't, I'm having a, throwing a birthday party for my daughter this weekend at my house. There's going to be a lot of energy in here. Okay. A lot of different people, like my parents are divorced, remarried, my in-law, a lot of energy up in here. So like, I really need to personally to know how do I navigate that? Like, what can I do to be 
the mom I need to be for my daughter, but also like, you know, the wife and the mother and the daughter. Like there's so many people you need to be at once. So many. There's so many. There's so many. I'm so excited for you to have this book. Um, there's so many. So O-P-P-P-E. And this is, see, this is where I always feel like I'm getting on the phone with girlfriends when, when all of us talk. I always feel like, I'm like all right, let's, we need to get the wine out. I know it's only noon. But it's one o'clock, you know, like it's wine and whiskey time. I'm just saying. Yeah. Three o'clock here. So, totally allowed. Three o'clock, even, even more so. Yeah. Okay. So OPPPE, that is, that's a chapter in the book. It's, it's uh, other people's problems, projections, and contagious expectations. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I actually worked with a psychotherapist on that chapter. With one of the chapters on science, I worked with a neuroscientist. So I wanted to dig into every single thing about what's actually happening in our physiology when we're being contagious. It, all the IEP work, you guys, it's all backed up by science. So just side note, like super exciting. I was really thrilled about that. Um, OPPE with projection, projections like this really tricky beast that I want to be really responsible in talking about it. And I also want to be really responsible and not taking the book into psychology, but keeping it more around leadership development and allowing and inviting the conversation around mental health, but do it responsibly. So I worked with a psychotherapist on that chapter. And what you're asking about is so if we look at an OPPE thing, the stronger you are, Jackie P. Frender. <laughs> Jackie Frender. That's, that's really for her. <laughs> She's so going to edit that out. I love it. Uh, do not edit it. <laughs> do not edit that. Um, the stronger you are in your own energetic presence, the clearer you are in how you show up and your intentions you set that day the better you take care of yourself so that you've got all of your energetic resources about you and you can stay conscious, the easier it's going to be for you to navigate OPPPE. So when all the different mixed, you know, the families and the the dynamics and the kids and all the stuff that's happening, when that's coming at you, Mm -hmm. because you are taking care of yourself and you're present, you're going to be able to, to know like, okay, this actually is not mine to take on. Okay, that's a projection. That's my mother-in-law or my mom or my grouchy grandma or whatever that's putting her own stuff on me. And you know what? It's not actually mine. And so guess what? I'm so present and I'm so here that I don't actually have to even make her wrong. I can just let it roll off of me because I just know that that's where she's coming from. Hmm. And so the whole book, so the book is broken down into five sections. The first section is own, it's claiming your contagiousness. The second is really working your IEP, digging into your superpowers, building your immunity for OPPP, like all these different pieces. The third section is around relationships, which is where we get into the OPPP. And then the fourth section is now about leadership. And the fifth section is about impact. If you are building your energetic presence and you're nourishing yourself, when all that stuff comes at you and people are like calling and they want to dump their stuff on you, it is so much easier to go, gosh, I love you so much. You know what? I actually, I'll listen to you and I'm also not going to participate in your drama. Mm. Mm-hmm. That help? Like if you think about this week with your. Like stuff. I would love to be able to just say yes, ma'am and walk away, you know, like, it, it, and that's where for me, it becomes like owning, like you said, where I am and showing up in like such a positive mind frame that I can imagine is only going to make me stronger in dealing with all of those people. Jackie, I feel like you scheduled this in my day at like the perfect time. <laughs> 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 
I love it when that happens. Okay, so one thing I want to be super, super clear about is that it's not for any of us, all, all of us, and especially for you, P-Friender, when you go to this thing, it's not about just coming in and being super high vibe and everything's so great and, oh, gosh, there's so much stuff coming at me and life's really hard right now and I'm just going to be happy. It's not about faking it huh? or showing up in a certain way where you're so perfect that nothing can touch you. It's not about that at all. It's, it's one of the main points I'm making in the book is this is about being human and allowing yourself full permission to go, wow, grandma just totally pissed me off. Right. Uh, this totally overwhelmed me. I, my feelings are actually really hurt about this. You know what? I feel depressed right now. Like whatever is actually going on, it's not about just bubbling up and not pretending it's there. It's allowing for it so that you can consciously interact with it and get the support that you need and the processing versus being overtaken by it. So if I'm in a state of resistance, I'm like, you can't get into my bubble and things keep coming at me, but I'm not actually allowing myself to have my experience. Yeah. Eventually I'm going to break. It's right. not going to, eventually I'm going to break. So my kid's going to do something and I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose it on my kid for doing something that's like no big deal. So and that's, that's it becomes I, inauthentic too, I suppose. Right. Because like if shit's on fire and I'm just like, right. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not, it's not real. And then, and that's one of the, that's one of the biggest misconceptions I see that people sometimes have with this work or with me is they'll be like, okay, so if we're going to have good IEP, like I can't even do it, but I'm going to do it then we're going to be like super high vibe all the time and everything's great. And there's never a problem. And it's going to be, it's just, it's not true. It's mm-hmm. totally BS. It's just not true. And so that's actually where I see people get into trouble with this work is when they're not allowing themselves the full authentic permission to be in touch with their pain, their aggravation, being pissed off, like whatever's happening. It's just, how do you process it? And do you process it in a way that's responsible versus being reactive where you project your stuff on everyone else. Mm-hmm. I feel like because, we're filming this at like the perfect time with like Thanksgiving coming up and like a lot of like family coming together. Like a lot of listeners can t- get a lot of great takeaways from this conversation. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Holiday season is, is like one of the best things in the world for this stuff. Holiday season, in-laws, yeah. um, teenage kids. I got teenagers like, the, you know, it, it, so imagine I'm just, now I'm, I'm stuck on, it's a birthday party this weekend. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So I'm just thinking like, let's just say you go to this birthday party and you're like, okay, I've had my greens for breakfast and I've bubbled up and I've exercised and I've set my intentions and I'm ready to go. <laughs> you go in and then you get bombarded a couple of times. You're like, okay, no big deal. No big deal. But you're not actually honoring it, you yeah. know? So you, you're, you're, you're resisting it like this mm-hmm. energetically. That's exhausting. Yeah. So instead the goal would be to notice what comes and to go breathe, stay in my body. Okay. Wow. That didn't feel good. And then decide, do I want to address that later? Do I want to just let it go? Do I want to make myself a note that I'm going to go process it later? Like whatever. So just to be conscious with it, because if you're not, and you've just been all bubbled up and all happy, then what's ultimately what happens is something will happen. You'll carry it. And then you don't, um, give it the TLC that it needs. And so then the next day you go and now you project your stuff or even that day at the barbecue, you go and you project your stuff on everyone else. And everyone's like, what just happened? This happens yeah. all the time. So um, in the book, I talk about burnout and I talk about leadership depression. And yeah. 
Burnout and leadership depression, in my mind, from what I've seen, they come from not giving full permission to have what you're talking about, where you're like, I'm freaking overwhelmed. Grandma's mean. I'm sorry, I'm picking on grandma. I don't even know why I'm picking. I don't even have a grandma anymore. Like, I haven't, I, I've never had grandma. So, like, maybe that's why I pick up grandma. So, grandma's mean. And, uh, you know, like, I need some TLC around that. Like, not giving ourselves permission to be where we're at is the thing that I think actually burns us out. Hmm. The question in leadership is, do you do it in a way that's responsible and response able, meaning are you able to respond to your own needs and to go get the support that you need, whether that be your friend, your husband, your therapist, whatever, whatever it might be. So. so that's going to lead us down to like a really great path of another question we had, because you know, here at Impulse, we are remote and we're yeah. going more and more remote every day. And I, I know that like, you know, there's this like leadership depression you just talked about, which I think is amazing and how, you know, leaders can influence positivity and make it contagious in their teams. But like, ultimately, like, what does that mean? And how do we apply those principles from contagious you that you're describing from a leadership perspective with a remote yeah. team? Cause it's tough yeah. sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's a, it's a great, thank you. I'm so glad you're asking the question. I, I think, I think more and more people need that question tended to. Um, so thank you for it. I, so leadership depression, just real quick, the way that I look at that is it's, it's this chronic, chronic, not tending to our own needs. It's the chronic feeling of being, we have clients or bosses or whoever that we report to. And then we also have people that report to us. And so there's an extra level of responsibility mm-hmm. in between. It's like a sandwich, right? Then there's a combination of the never getting it done hamster wheel because we have so much stuff going on. Then there's like 18 million ways we can be connected now. However, we're more isolated than ever. Right. And so if you start to put all these together chronically, what I've noticed is there's a level of leadership depression that happens, which is the person might be super high functioning and like kicking butt in the company, but they're going home at the end of night and they're like, what's the point? I cannot keep up with this. And over time that, that brings us leadership depression. I've experienced it. Most people I know have experienced, I've seen clients with it. If it doesn't get loved up and attended to, then it will lead to burnout. And so we could talk about burnout and the piece. There's, there's a bunch of piece for burnout. I'm happy to talk about that. But in the meantime, remote, where this ties into remote is, you know, you have a couple extra, um, levels of trickiness and that you're not actually getting to hug each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which to me, I kind of feel like hugs handle everything. Like, I kind of feel like all this stuff just gets handled. Like we give each other real hugs, not these like hugs. Not, mm-hmm. not you know, you know, I'm talking about like little yeah. two seconds, like not that. Not that. I think that does more damage than good. But like a real good old fashioned hug, you're not getting that with your remote. So from a technical standpoint, all the all the things I talk about in contagious you and contagious culture for that matter apply to the remote, you know, how you show up, your intentions beforehand, your self-care. Um, it just means that you've got to put a little bit more intentionality around it in terms of what does it look like to bond as a team. And so one way that we have a, we have a client that did this work and the way that they do it is they're, they have 50 different people. They're all remote. They'll have pizza parties and they'll have a pizza delivered to every single person's house at the uh-huh. same time and beer. And then they get on a team meeting and it's like once a month or something. And then they all have like, so it's, that's one way that they've done it. Yeah. Um, you can also do, uh, 
any, any of the practices I talk about, there's a practice I talk about, which is called the wall of awesome and the wall of gratitude. And what we've had some people do is they usually, if they're in the office, they'll put it up. So there's acknowledgements on the wall for like, Oh, Jackie did this and Jen did this. And I really am grateful for this. Well, if you're remote, you don't have that, but you can still do something, um, uh, virtually that would be that same kind of a thing. And so it's, it's kind of, it just takes to me, it just takes an extra level of intentionality around how to make sure you're connected. My, my team, my entire team is in South Carolina and oh, where Chicago. And yeah, we're, we're all, we're all across the thing. And I've actually never had anybody that has worked close to me. And so I've only known virtual teams. Yeah. But what I have found is that us being really intentional and getting together like once a year in person and just go, okay, what are our agreements? How do we want to do this? How do we want to show up together? That in itself, if we can stay in touch with why that's important, it yeah. tends to help us a lot. I love that pizza idea. <laughs> I hope Re- Remington's listening. Right? <laughs> I like that pizza idea too. Remington, get, get your people some pizza, man. Like it's, it's, I'm prescribing it, Remington. It's your leadership culture <laughs> coaching. It's your leadership coaching for the day. Order your people pizza. <laughs> Like, yeah, I know you had um, a few questions that you wanted to attack. That's a good time, but I was actually going to ask um, a kind of follow-up question. I don't really know, Anise, if you have an exact answer for this, but I was kind of curious. I've heard you time and time again talk about the importance of empathy and really relating to the person that you're having a conversation with or interacting with. Do you think that there is a barrier from a remote life to being able to be empathetic with other people on your team. Obviously like we're here connected right now on video, which I think is such a great piece to be able to see facial expressions and hear tone. Um, But have you had people come to you before with um, challenges in that regards, feeling like they can't relate or be empathetic with their team? Yeah, I think I, yes, I, I, I have, I mean, I haven't framed it in that way in my mind. So I, so you're making me look at it differently, which I really appreciate. I, I haven't. So here, here's, here's why I'm bouncing this question around is because I've also seen people who work right next to each other have issues with being empathetic with each other. Um, and so I, I don't want to, I, I want to, I don't want to make it about location as much as sometimes what's going on for people individually with their level of comfort with that and also um, their intentionality around being empathetic. So that's, that's one thing. That being said, I do think that when you're not in the same space together and you don't get to sit down, just have these really casual conversations. I think it does create a barrier to having more connectedness, which then brings it back to, okay, well then how are we going to do it so that we're set up the best possible? Um, and, and, And again, ladies, I think it comes back. What's the intention? Because I think that for me, I'll use myself personally, I can forget. I love my team. I love my team so much. And we all get going in our own directions. I can forget about the empathy piece. This is my body of work. Like I teach this stuff. I can forget it and get going so fast that all of a sudden I'm totally Georgette. And then all of a sudden I'll realize, wow, I'm not having the impact I want to have or the team meeting seems a little tense or people are, their texting's getting a little shorter and I have to look at, okay, how am I showing up in this? And that changed for me to go, oh guys, sorry. I just realized I'm moving really, really fast. How is everyone today or whatever? And so it's, again, it's that awareness and we can't do it for anybody around us except for, for ourselves. So if you, my dream would be that all of you, aside from pizza, really get together, maybe over pizza. 
get together and really look at our, what would it look like? What do we want it to look like? And what are three core practices we could start putting in place tomorrow that would help us nourish the um, emotional and empathetic health of the team? I love that. Really put an emphasis on ways to build the relationships. I feel like that's something that's so easily forgotten when you're in that task oriented, like we have 80 bajillion things to do. Like I don't have time to socialize with you. I don't have time for you. And that can really affect the dynamic. It can. And it's, and it's so, it's so scary. It's, um, it's like the, uh, the thing I'm extra aware of right now is how much time that costs, the cost of that, the cost Mm. one second. (laughs) This is fresh for me. The cost of one second of busyness and unintended impact on another human being and what that does in terms of morale, their inspiration, their excitement. And and, and here's the thing. Nobody's ever coming from a negative place. Again, coming back to myself, I did. I had that. I had a totally unconscious moment. I spoke in a harsh tone. It was not intended. However, the impact that that had and how bad I felt and how bad they felt and then the impact in how much cleanup needed to happen, yeah, it just would have been way better if I had just been better resourced, stayed present, and made an intentional note in the morning to say, hey, good morning. I appreciate you. Yeah. That's simple. Right. And yeah. like, I will say as a, rem- like, as, as a remote person, you know, I do feel that there it goes so far for me when Remington and I have a meeting every morning at 8am. We don't talk about work for the first five to 10 minutes. How was your weekend? How are, he always says, how's Jackie today? But you know, and like whether he wants a real answer or not, he usually gets it. But you know, like he always starts my week, those first 10 minutes of my Monday morning with just like chatting. And we don't get to do that a lot during the week because every other meeting is go, 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 go. But like, it gives me a place to like land and connect with him specifically. Um, and I do honor and appreciate that. And, and I know it's, it's a thing for him. You know what I mean? Like it's not a, it's not by accident. It, it, well, you're also, you're making me think also about people's different connection styles. Yeah. You know, so for some, and so this is another place where that presence and coming back to the contagious you and really looking at, all right, am I present to myself and what I need in terms of connection style? And am I paying attention because all five of us on this, on this session or on this call right now, all five of us might have very different needs around how we like to be connected with. Yeah. So I've had people that I've worked with who in the past are like, give me the facts, ma'am. I don't want all the soft flowery stuff at the beginning of conversation. Like let's dive in and let's get going. And if I'm like, Hey, how's it going? I care about you so much. They're, they're gone. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's people that if, if, if you go in with the facts, they're gone. Cause they're like, Whoa, do you see me? I'm a human being. And so right. I think, really paying attention and that applies. I mean, here's the thing that applies to email communication that, that, that applies to everything. So it's, again, comes back to empathy, awareness of myself, awareness of others. And what is the intention I have for the impact I want to have on people? I think I'd <laughs> totally rather get on a meeting and get all the facts and then chat after. Right. I'd feel better. I'd feel more like relieved. I already got out what I need to say. You got out what you need to say. And then now I can actually like have a conversation. Yeah. Right. My, my sister's the same way. My sister's like, we've been going through something as a family lately. And my sister's like, Oh, Oh, I, I don't want to know all that. I don't want to know how everyone is. Just give me the facts. Give me the facts. And then afterwards everyone relaxed because we have the facts. And then there's, and then there's those of us that are like, well, no, I wanted a hug. Yeah. <laughs> no. I still want a hug. I just want a hug after the facts. After, right. So like, and I know that about Audrey now. So like when we go into meetings, I like let her manage her thing. Cause this is like, the, you know, she, that's her, her, 
her lit thing in life was project management. And then we're on the call for 30 minutes later talking about nothing. And then I get my fulfillment, but we're both happy. We've like honored each other's needs and then yeah. we move on with our life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think you keep bringing me back to, it. it's just, it's being conscious, being conscious of what we're, what we're holding here, what we're putting out, how do we want to love on each other? And then it's always staying in the, uh, with the intention of service and contribution and then always knowing that we are wildly human. And so this stuff will fall apart all the time. So how quickly can we recover, get back to grace, give each other grace? Like it, it, it's, it's so dynamic. And this is the reason why when you started saying earlier, like, okay, well, I'm just going to go in. I'll be bubbled up and really good. I went, Oh, whoa, 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 hold on. Because that, that actually, that, that works for a little while. Yeah. That's not, not a solution. That's almost like a defense mechanism. Right. It's a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid. And when that Band-Aid comes off, ouch. <laughs> I would um, love to talk a little bit more about the contagious factor formula because you did talk about this at Inbound a little bit, and it was amazing. Um, I loved that whole presentation you put on. So maybe you could just fill our listeners in a little bit on what they can expect about that in the book. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so I first of all, I had so much fun at Inbound. Wasn't that fun? Yeah. It was great. That stage, that runway was so fun. Oh gosh. I, that's like my, it's like my new favorite kind of stage. I had no idea how that was going to roll out and it was like playing dodgeball. I love that stage. It was really cool. It was really dynamic being able to like see you interact with one side of the audience and then be watching that, but then when you're receiving it, it was really cool. Yeah, good. I'm so, yeah, it was, it was fun. All right. Contagion factor formula. So this is, this is the way that this looks. And so what I'll say is this, it's in the book. And as one of the resources, there's an entire resource kit I created because I basically was and uh, wanted more other more stuff to get in there. And so there's an actual resource kit that readers can go download once they've got the book. And the resource kit gives them worksheets around the contagion factor formula, and it gives examples. You take the actions, okay? You take any action. So it could be giving feedback. It could be a sales call. It could be working out. You take any action and that's the top thing over the whole equation, the action over. And then you take your emotions times your intention. And I'll I'll do an example in a minute, but your emotions times your intention for what you want to have happen over your presence times your self-care. And those two bottom, all, all four things on the bottom, those four denominators, it's all of those work together. So emotion times intention over presence times self-care. If you take the actions and you put them over that bottom equation, put it all together, you do the math, and then over here is your actual contagion factor formula, which is how contagious will you be, how positive will the impact be, and are you likely to get your results or not? So a really common example is going to give someone feedback. Mm-hmm. And so feedback is my actual uh, action. Now, let's just say my emotion is that I'm super annoyed because I've given them this feedback so many times before. And I can't believe we got to have this conversation again, grandma and like whatever, poor grandma, poor grandma, what's going on with grandma? Uh, you know, it's so weird. Like, I don't know where this comes from. I just start picking on somebody. Okay. So uh, I'm irritated that I've got to give this feedback again. So that's my emotion. So just imagine the energy of that emotion. Then multiply that times my intention, which in that case, my intention is let's just get this over with. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you guys with me so far? Mm-hmm. Now put that over 
my presence, my level of presence. And in that, my presence is probably going to be busy. It's going to be agitated. I'm going to come up resistant. So that's my presence. Multiply that times my self-care. Let's just say I'm going in there. I'm tired. I'm rushing. I haven't eaten. I didn't get sleep last night. I'm just not well-resourced. You can see that that feedback over that combination is not going to have a good outcome with the feedback I'm giving my person. Mm -hmm. You see that? So at any moment, if I notice that I'm going in with any of that going on, at any moment I can decide to shift it. And all I have to do is take a deep breath, bubble up, and then start to get really clear. What do I want to actually bring in? So for me in that case, I'd go, all right, the action is still the feedback, but now the emotion, what is the most authentic emotion I can actually bring into this feedback conversation? And, you know, we all have our authentic emotions we can get to really easily. Mine is usually, I can get to care for somebody pretty quick. I can also get to curiosity. Okay, so maybe I shift that emotion to, well, you know, actually I care about this person and I'm curious why we keep having the conversation. So now my emotion is just calmed down and my energy is going to be better. Multiply that times intention, which now instead of my intention of let's just get this over with, my intentions now become, well, I want to contribute to this person. Or I want to understand this person better. So my intention for why I'm doing this, it's just shifted. So can you do follow that so far? I know it's hard to yeah. do it in air. We're doing it in air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Then over that, now we want to look at the final piece, which is my presence, which now if I, the presence is a choice. It's a like, choice. Pause. That is it right there. Presence is a choice. That's it. Like make yeah. that, that's, that's the top right now. Like, yeah. Presence is a choice because I, I, it is my choice to go into anything. Like right now I could change my presence. I, we can change it to anything we want at any moment. Yeah. The more we do our work and take care of ourselves, the easier it is to change it to better things. But presence is a choice. So in that moment I go, you know what, actually I'm just going to be really present with her. I'm just going to be present. There's nothing else happening. I'm just going to be right here. Mm-hmm. And then that self-care piece Self-care is also a choice. Self-care can be trickier sometimes. Sometimes we don't get all that sleep. Sometimes we're up with a sick kid. Like stuff happens. We yeah. skip a meal. We get traffic. Like things happen. But if I've done everything I can to take care of myself in the best way possible, I'm going to be better resourced. Mm-hmm. So now you put that equation together and I go sit down and have that feedback conversation. We have a much calmer, much more life-giving conversation. And that person is going to be much better able to hear and receive and actually grow from the feedback. Mm-hmm. The thing that I really appreciate because I, I, I've reverse engineered it back and forth for like, uh, you know, like nothing is safe from me finding an equation around it right now. Cause I'm like, okay, wait, does that work? Does that work? Does that work? And the thing that I keep finding is that any of those bottom numbers, if I change it, if I, if I uplevel my self care, even if the other ones are not that great, it makes it slightly better. So any of the bottom numbers, if you can do something with it, it has an impact on the others and it does bring it up. Mm. so just like if there's zero this is the other thing i'm finding if there's zero if there's zero self-care and i'm super super exhausted and i walk in and i'm like i've got the best feedback for you in the world i care about you so much my intentions to serve you and i'm totally present but oh my god okay i just brought my contagion factor formula down yep you know i'm super well resourced i feel amazing uh my emotion is that i care about you and my intentions to serve you but i'm superbly not present for you right now right so it all works together I love it. So it's like a four part bottom equation, but one prong can be leveling it up or totally making it terrible. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And it, and it, it like at first, at first listen, it's like, whoa, but like, it makes absolute sense how all four of those pieces go together to kind yeah. of equate you out to who you want to be and how you want to be. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to, I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to flash on it for the book. So you guys oh. have it here. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, wait. There we go. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All dun, right. Dun, dun. It's so good. So that's yeah, that's that's that, and that's in the first. So the contagion factor formula is in the first chapter because the reason why I'm putting it there is because the whole first part of that book is owning the fact that we're all contagious, owning the fact that presence is a choice, owning the fact that no matter how crazy things are around me and that birthday party and the apocalypse which you've all heard about. <laughs> No matter what's happening around me, I'm still at choice around how do I want to take care of myself right now and how do I want to respond, even though it might be incredibly painful, sad, heartbreaking, disappointing, whatever's happening in that moment. Then it becomes my, then it becomes my duty or my responsibility to take care of myself and that's showing up for myself. I love it. Taking care of myself, by the way, guys, just real quick, taking care of myself might mean that I say, I'm not coming in tomorrow because I need to rest. And I've had a really bad day and I'm really, really disappointed. That might be my You're allowed to do that. What's that? None of you are allowed to do that, but you can, maybe we'll talk about a pizza party. (laughs) One step at a time. One step at a time. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it's like one of the questions we had for you is if readers could take one thing away from the book, what do you hope it would be? I mean, I think we all would be able to just from our 40 minutes of talking right now, pull something from you, but that is that equation I think is going to be huge for our listeners to like visually compartmentalize. Cause I think, you know, everyone learns differently, but to be able to visually compartmentalize all of those emotions and thoughts and feelings that have to go into this work. I think having these workbooks is crucial for a lot of people to work through this process. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness, I I think, I think we might've talked about this last time a little bit too. It's that to me, awareness is 70% of the battle. So awareness is 70%. The minute I realize, and the minute I realize I'm contagious that I'm not operating where I want to be operating on the, on that equation, I'm winning now because now with awareness, I have power. If I don't have awareness, I have struggling and suffering. Right. So without awareness, you have suffer for sure with awareness. Now I'm at choice. Now I get to choose the other 30% is what am I going to do with myself? Am I going to actually get into action? And some people may go, you know what? Actually, I'm really good suffering right now. I'm cool. Great. That's a choice. Right. So awareness is 70%. The, what you do with it is 30%. And then to me, lying throughout all of it, like food coloring and water is a hundred percent accountability for owning that. I am the author of my life and I am at choice with how I want to do this. So that's anyway. beautiful. I love that. Yeah. It's fun. So is there a third book in the works? <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned earlier that you were like debating between doing contagious you and something else. I did. I actually already started. So I had, I had started writing. No, I had started writing another book last year. This is part of the reason why this took a little bit longer for me to get this one out because I had actually already started writing a different book. And, um, and, and I'm, and I'm excited about that one too, but what I kept hearing from people and what I kept seeing when I was out talking to people is I was like, this one actually needs to come now. Yeah. And so that other one has been tabled a little bit. Um, and and we'll see, but there's, I, there's, there's a couple things that I've got up my sleeve that there's actually a book right now. That's a quiet book that, um, is being passed around 
um, to people that are going through a certain thing in their life and you can only get it by referral. Like <laughs> a book you wrote that is being passed from hand to hand. I yeah, love that. It's, it's, so like, it's like this very, well, I wrote it. So a girlfriend of mine, it, it's actually, it's so it, okay. It's about, it's about going through and completing a relationship or completing a marriage, AKA divorce. And right. so what happened was I had a really good friend of mine who my process of going through it five years ago was incredibly hard and heartbreaking. However, I'm so grateful and proud of the way that my ex and I handled it and the way we navigated it. And when we were done, the mediator had said it was the most like, intentional, collaborative divorce, respectful divorce she'd ever mediated. And, and that meant a lot to us because we worked hard for that. And we've got two kids and you know, like all this stuff. So I have a lot of friends that kind of watched how that happened. And I always called my divorce a completion. I always called it a completion versus a divorce because to me, the word divorce is, for me, it held a lot of like heaviness. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, we're not divorcing. We're completing the way that we have been together for these last 18 or whatever it was years. Um, and now we're moving into another arc of our relationship. It's now co-parenting and all this stuff. And we do it beautifully. So I had friends who were watching this and then I had somebody reach out to me last year, actually. And she said, Hey, listen, I know like three people who were going through this and she had just gone through it. And she's like, you had written, I had written some notes for her, like some, um, here's some tips. Here's some things I learned from myself. And she said, you know, do you want to expand on that? So I was sitting at the pool one day my, with watching my daughter swim. And I was like, yeah, let me write some words down. Well, I wrote this 12,000 word. Um, like handbook. Handbook, you know, handbook. Just basically, yeah. it's like the IEP survival guide to divorce. And it's, uh, it, it's, it, it'll, it, someday we'll put it out into the world. Right now it's just, it's not necessary yet. Um, but I did it. And then what was really weird is that people started going, like, she asked, like, can I share it with these two people? And I was like, yes, but I don't want it out there. So then they have this secret, like, it's a secret sisterhood handshake. And so it's, it circulates as people. Too. Make it. So I, I, I do little things like that, that are quiet, that nobody knows that I'm working on. Um, and I just now, now this is the first time I've ever talked about it publicly, but I do stuff like that. Um, because it comes from the heart and it's the stuff that, if I can be helpful in any way to somebody, it doesn't mean it's necessarily needs to be published on a big scale. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I love helping in any way I can. So that's that, but there is another big book. I just can't really think about it too much. until let's get this one out and get her, let's get her living in the world and doing. Yes. Let's yeah. talk about her. She is launching 11, 15. the 11:15. Why don't you tell us now? He's, where we can find the book, when it's launching, anywhere we can see you, like yeah. how, how do we interact with you in this book? Okay, good. Okay. Uh, all right. So, well, okay. She officially launches on February. I don't know what that is. November 15th. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what's happening in February. Uh, she officially launches in November, November 15th. Um, you can get her anywhere. You can get her, uh, Amazon, Porchlight, Barnes and Noble, Indie Books, Indie Bound, where, wherever you want to get your books. Um, she's actually available now on Amazon because Amazon released her early. So um, I think I, this is the way I'm holding it is Amazon was so excited to get that book out to people that it just could not hold on to it anymore. So many people pre-ordered it. So many pre people pre-ordered it. They're like, get these out, get these out. And then the other thing is, is that honestly, she's got a mind of her own. Like I, she and I have an agreement, like you do what you need to do to get out to the world. And so she was like, Update. I'm not worrying about it. So she's, if you, ironically, if you get, if you order her on Amazon, you can get her like today. 
I love it. But for the rest of the world and anyone else, it's it's a 15. Although now I'm hearing that some of the distributors are like, wait, Amazon's releasing? Let's release two. So she's she's out. But her birthday is November 15th. Okay. <laughs> and we'll, of course, link to where everyone can purchase it um, in all of our postings and things like that. So you'll be able to check it out below. And are you doing any, I know you do like these speaking engagements. Are you speaking? Are you talking about the book anywhere? We can, anyone on the West coast can come find you or maybe on the East coast. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I actually am quiet right now. I actually don't have a ton of stuff planned. However, um, I will go wherever I'm invited. So I'm actually heading to New York uh, in uh, the, the weekend after the book launches. I'm going out to New York for a week to do a bunch of like, visits and to introduce the book and everything. So I'll be out there for a week before Thanksgiving That's great. and then, um, and then I'm back. And so basically anybody that wants me to come see them that wants to host, I will come and talk to you. And I, and I love doing that stuff. So reach out. Yeah. All right. We kept, we kept this really simple with, um, I, last year I ran around like crazy. I think I had 33 stages I was on and it was like nonstop. And then this year I really hunkered down to write the book and then I got really, really quiet yeah. And what I found is I, I'm learning how to manage my energy even better so yeah. I can really distribute it in the most intentional ways. And so therefore that's mm-hmm. why this is a little bit of a quieter year and looking at where can I be the most effective and helpful on whatever stage I go on. So Boston was super fun. Yes. It was so amazing to see you. Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us. We we love you. We are so excited to get our hands on the books and work our way through the the worksheets. And maybe we can get Revington to bring you to see us in Florida because you know we would love that. So we'll work on it. I would love, oh my, okay. So Revington, we got pizza. (laughs) We got, um, you know, a day off every once in a while. And we have a niece coming out to Florida. Like, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be really great. Yeah, I would love to come see you in Florida. I haven't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've ever done an event in Florida. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll That'd be fun. Immediately. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Um, you. We're going to link out to all the nieces, like her website, her Facebook page, the book. You're going to get everything you need from us to get to her. Go out, buy the book, read the book, but like be the book, do the book, do the work, <laughs> live the work. Um, it's only going to take you far. Thank you so much. Thank you. I feel like that's the t-shirt, be the book. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly, that'll do it for this week's episode of Maiden Voyage. We'd like to thank you, our amazing listeners, because let's face it, lady life is hard. It's incredible how much we accomplish every day, and we all deserve awards just for existing. If you're watching the show, make sure that you subscribe, click on that thing for instant notifications, speak your mind in the comments, and share us with your fellow voyagers.